I'm John. And I'm Keith. And this is Flumadiddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for... Most things, John. Most things, including but not limited to... The COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccine, Keith. Before we dive deep into this very interesting story, let's just go back over this past year, Keith. This has been a crazy year for so many people. And it was almost exactly a year ago, right? Almost exactly a year, yeah. As we record, it's the end of March. When Mm -hmm. this comes out, it'll probably be maybe middle of April, end of April. Yeah, so over a year ago. So it's been a little Mm -hmm. over a year, Keith. We've had uh, face masks. We've had major runs on toilet paper. Right. We've had literally millions of people lose their jobs. Keith, we're truly blessed to still have a job. Absolutely. And been been working throughout this thing. And for those of you who have lost a job, we just pray God's grace, peace, and provision for you because it's been a tough, tough year for a lot of folks, Keith. Yes, absolutely. I know it's got to be difficult. But, um, you know, John, just as we sit here, though, I have recently felt a little bit more sense of freedom. Yes, and I know you have too, and that is due to me and John working in the medical field and having received both um, doses of the COVID-19 the COVID vaccine. vaccine. Yes, and that's rolling out more and more. Hey, we want to encourage this right off the bat. Just take whatever one comes. If it's the yeah. Johnson & Johnson, if it's the Pfizer, it's the Moderna. If you have concerns about the vaccine, we're going to address some of those, some of the myths and concerns that people have, some of the flummadiddle out there about mRNA right. and these particular vaccines, the speed with which they were produced, and other things that maybe cause some people some hesitancy. Yes. So we will say that ahead of time. We are uh, generally very uh, in favor of people uh, going ahead and getting their vaccine. I yes, think that's absolutely. the quickest path to kind of a return to normalcy, Keith. So where did this all start, John? All right, Keith. Let's dive in maybe towards uh, 2019 in Wuhan in China. We're not going to go too deep into the whole background of the um, virus itself right now. We're going to focus more on the vaccine and uh, and Moderna's story and their part in that in particular. But we start hearing stuff. 2019. Yeah. This deadly new virus. Yeah. We start hearing about lockdowns. People not allowed on the streets, and gosh, then I remember, next thing you know, I, I remember... And I'm really, just, for us, it was really more of 2020, like, it we is. didn't really hear it in 2019, but... Right, but as it goes yeah. along, then mm-hmm. it starts sweeping through. Before it really hits here, we start hearing about Italy. Yeah, Italy. And yeah. what all's going on in Italy. And then next thing you know, we're into 2020, and... Bam, here's this crazy vaccine. Yes. Or crazy vaccine, crazy virus, I'm sorry. Well, this crazy virus, and then also in 2020, a crazy vaccine. I mean, yes. breaking new technology uh, called mRNA. mRNA, technology. we're going to stick on that. That's going to be our point because there are some attenuated virus-based vaccines that are coming out or may have out, but that's not what we're looking at. That's kind of the old school. No, we're looking at the school. new technology. Yeah, we're, key. we're looking at the cool stuff. All right, so All right. we're going to leave it right there. COVID vaccine, twenty or COVID virus, 2020, all that's going on. Yeah. And Keith, why don't you dive back a little bit But it all started, man, mRNA all started. The year was 1961. Kennedy was the president, right? The right. Bay of Pigs had just happened. That was real embarrassing for... Uh, an embarrassing failure for the United States of America, right? Yes, the Soviets indeed. built the Berlin Wall separating East and West Germany, right? And Soviet cos- 
cosmonaut, that's like a Soviet astronaut, Astronaut. Right? Yuri Gagarin becomes the first man in space and orbits the Earth. And then not too long after that, Alan Shepard, America's own, becomes the first the American The Cold War in space. is in full force. The space race has begun. And, yes. and we're going to be talking about a little bit about that coming up. Yeah. You yeah. may have already heard about the space race, SLS. All right, back on topic. And another thing happened, John. This little thing called mRNA, mRNA was discovered by scientists from across the world. All right. So what exactly is mRNA, John? Keith, it is messenger RNA or ribonucleic acid. When we think about uh, genetic store instructions and things like that, we think about DNA, which is deoxyribonucleic acid, right. and RNA. So RNA basically contains instructions that your body uses to build proteins. Right. We're just going to keep it simple. We're not going to dive too deep into that. But So the proteins are the workhorses of your body, absolutely. basically. Yeah. All right. So, so we're going to keep it, it simple, that. but there was, there was this lady who thought that this was exciting stuff, right? Now, it was much right. later, about 30-something years later in the 90s, but this lady, Catalin Carrico, she started researching this. There was actually some researchers in the University of Wisconsin that they had saw protein production in an experiment in mice. Okay. Um, so a lot of people didn't think much into it because there's a lot of problems with it, John. Right. But this lady was a believer. She saw that and she said, I can do something with this. So she's Kind of like a holy grail, man. If, yeah. If we could figure this thing out, if we could tap this code, man, would this might really... So she dedicated her career and herself to this idea, to this belief that she could harness the power of this mRNA molecule. And uh, So Keith... She yeah. sounds a little bit like a visionary. She was. We like visionary. visionaries here at Flumadiddle. And, and we are recording this in February, right? March. March. <laughs> That's okay. Keeps, I'm a little keeps, bit a little bit behind. <laughs> we are recording this in March. Which What month is that, John? The month of what? Spring. <laughs> yep, and it's Women's History Month, right? Women's History Month, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So this lady should be in that with the women's history. She's, she's Absolutely, a man. Um, but the only thing That'd is... That'd be something uh, good to throw up on some of our... Social media, key. right? Absolutely. But the only thing is, though, is that a lot of people didn't believe in her. She had a hard time finding funding. Man, this stuff was still far fetched. Even her colleagues didn't believe in. Oh, her. I'm sure. Isn't that the way it always is? Yeah. And so, really, her research kind of went unnoticed for a long time, but it did get published in a series of papers in 2005. But there was this one cat, man. He did believe in her and her research. His name was Derek Rossi. Derek Rossi. Derek Rossi. And um, did I miss something there, John? No, uh-uh. Okay. I'm Sorry. just switching some stuff around. I got I'm you, just man. moving All on right. the fly here. <laughs> just moving around, man. Moving right, so around. Derek Rossi, man, you'd like this guy, John. He's kind of a hipster. All right? When you look at picture of Okay. Him, All right. I mean, like a good kind of hipster, like a Tony Stark Iron Man kind of hipster, you know, mm-hmm. not... Not like uh, you know, not like snowflake man walking bun, your cat on a pants. leash. Yeah, man bun kind of hipster. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, he was like a Tony Stark kind of hipster. I mean, look, John, here's a picture of him right here, buddy. Oh, he does look a little yeah. Starkish, doesn't yeah, he? With he's his got David like, Bowie shirt yeah, on. David Bowie shirt on, his big red plastic frame glasses on. You know, All right. hair uh, styling hairdo there. Anyway, he was a molecular biologist, and um, he also. Um, read this paper. So he believed, John, that he could use the research to teach adult cells how to be 
like stem cells. Oh, and then that would do, be cool on a lot of levels. Yeah, exactly. But then he, he took it to a couple other people, and they talked to him about other applications, how he could use it for vaccines, John. So, But this wasn't the first vaccine, right, John? Absolutely not. have been around. Absolutely not. So let's just do that. Let's define that. What is a vaccine, Keith? Well, at its most simple, basically a vaccine is the introduction of, of historically at least, of like a foreign substance or part of a foreign substance into your body to help you develop antibodies to fight against, let's say, an illness of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. So it stimulates the production of these antibodies. Now, from a modern perspective, vaccine development started more than a couple hundred years ago with an English doctor named Edward Jenner. He treated a young boy by injecting him with pus from cowpox blisters. Is that Bruce's brother? It is. They're very close. <laughs> They've been around for hundreds of years, Keith. So the cowpox <laughs> contains the vaccinia virus, which causes smallpox. So by injecting this bit of pus into this kid, he basically that has created... Really it is gross. <laughs> but, hey, there you go. The antibodies develop. There's yeah. other stories maybe of people ingesting little bits of snake venom. Mm -hmm. Now, we use that anti-venom now, but I mean actually literally drinking little bits of venom to hopefully affect yeah, some kind of something, antibody yeah. response in your, your body. But basically, kind of but basically what we have done just real quick, our previous virus technology has been using those attenuated viruses mm -hmm. like the flu, like our standard flu vaccine. Yeah. And those are still great. And what does attenuated mean, John, for the average listener out there? Well, Keith, I don't have the exact definition <laughs> of that, so now I look stupider than I did when no, I started. No, that's okay, but it's kind of like a, either like a dead or it's almost a dead, dead virus. virus or yes, like that. it's a inactive very virus. inactive, a very small amount because there were some, uh, wasn't it the nasal spray flu vaccines mm -hmm. that used like a little bit of, an, of a live attenuated virus? So it's like a very, very small portion right, I got you. of it. As opposed to that dead virus that's interjected or that's injected in your arm or wherever, yeah, yeah. and your body does that same thing. It builds up these cells. Well, what's so different about different about the mRNA, and we'll talk more about it later, is the coronavirus does something really neat, Keith. It's got like was it twenty eight or twenty nine of these proteins, the spikes, right? Yeah, that we call that's where it comes from, the coronavirus, because they look like a crown, these crown like spikes. They actually have a single strand of mRNA in the virus that tricks your RNA mm. to making the proteins for the virus. So the virus actually makes your cell replicate it. Yeah. Wow. Which is awesome because that's where we're going to get into mRNA. So the, so the COVID virus doesn't replicate itself. It gives mRNA to your cells. Mm. Your mRNA, it gives this instruction. Your cell makes the virus. So we fought fire with fire, right? We have fought fire with fire, Keith, we and we'll play. leave it at that. Yeah. We've took a play took out a of the virus's own we took book. took a page out of the virus's playbook. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to get back to that more later. So where the virus uses a set of instructions to fool your body into replicating the virus, the mRNA vaccine makes just a little piece of that enough for your body to have an immune response right. to get ready to fight that virus That's off. That's awesome.
All right, Keith, I'm going to let you pick back up there. Okay. Well, so, John, something you mentioned, though, is that we took a page out of the playbook, or did it take a page out of our playbook? Oh, Keith. Because were we developing this before we even knew about COVID-19? And so let's pick back up in 2007. All right. This Derek Rossi guy, he actually received his own lab when he became an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. With his own lab, he was able to do research on this new idea he had with mRNA. All right, so after a year of research, one of his colleagues that was working with him motioned for him to come and look in the microscope, okay? Guess what he found, John? What did he find, Keith? The very cells he was trying to create. Say that again? You lost me, Keith. I was so <laughs> deep in research and so deep into the mRNA technology yeah. that my mind is blown. Right now, Keith, here. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he went over to the microscope, and he actually found that they were successful in developing these cells that they were trying to developed so they were successful in manipulating this mrna okay okay well what they decided to do is he decided to inform his colleague timothy springer that's that's jerry's brother i thought it was his little brother <laughs> little brother and uh so timothy he was kind of entrepreneurial type you know so he okay. saw the commercial implications of this and so he contacted this cat named robert langer at mit all right langer was already a prolific inventor and a biomedical engineer so, I mean, if you're an entrepreneurial type and you got some good idea, you're going to contact the guy who can get it done, right? Right, absolutely. So he contacted Langer. Langer saw the potential of this research to be much bigger than what they were thinking. Now, there's kind of argument about this later on, John. Rosty kind of says, hey, I already had this idea. But, you know, Langer and them, they kind of make it out like, well, he was just doing the stem cell thing and we kind of gave him this idea, you know? So okay. there's a little bit of argument about yeah, that. Yeah, a bunch you of know. fussing and carrying on. Oh, yeah, they need the credit, right? But anyway. Right. So regardless, they had this discussion and they decided that, hey, there is a lot of potential for vaccines and drugs and stuff like this, this for this research. And so they went to a venture capitalist that they knew and they created the company Moderna. Okay, so at this time, Moderna Moderna Moderna. is getting started. They are not big tech right now. They're not big pharma. They're brand new. They're a little kid on the block. They're the 2010. They're like Gonzaga. Like 25 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. In the NCAA. Now Gonzaga is like number one. So um, they did a few, they made a few moves there. They hired this, uh, I think his name is Stefani Bonsell, is how you pronounce it. We're going to go with that. They don't know. He was a CEO. They'd hired him as a CEO, and he's kind of this exuberant type guy. So he's real important in getting funding because he was do these press releases and stuff like that and talk about all these great things fella. that they're doing. He was good at his job. All right. And then they also hired uh, Melissa Moore, which she was a leading mRNA scientist. She had mapped out uh, MRA, mRNA in the 90s, and on they went. Um, 2018, the company went public and was valued at $7.5 billion. $7.5 billion. But before they even went public, man, they'd already raised $2 billion in funding just because this guy was like so good at doing that. You know what I so mean? So he was a salesman. Oh, he was yeah, just he was selling something that. they didn't even have. I yet. mean, he's CEO. That's his job, you know. Right. But in 2019, though, is when things went afoot in China. All right, John? Back to the Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Back Not the Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. So we... <laughs> that's right. Not the, the Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's old school right there. So what happened? What was going on Keith. in Wuhan, China, John? Bad things were afoot, Keith. Mm-hmm. We still don't know. At some point, this virus crossed over. A lot of people think that this particular kind of co- or coronavirus, of which there are many, yeah, but this one is the novel coronavirus that we found in 2019. Think maybe it crossed over from bats, yeah, what, whatever the situation. Right. It, it crossed over from somewhere. 
Heard, yeah, I've heard a lot of different stories. The thing and, of bats or something like that, marketplace, all kinds of things. Thrown who knows? Out there, right? Yeah. So anyway, here we are though, Keith. Something's going on. Yeah. And so, like we said, stuff shutting down. Right. And so this was very early on. Actually, Moderna had already been working on vaccines for this type of thing. Okay. For coronavirus type. So they're already working on the whole mRNA vaccine, which Keith, by the way, and I don't know if you get into this here later, there's already been trials back before this, like in cancer research. Mm -hmm. So the idea of using mRNA for a vaccine is not a foreign brand new thing because some people are concerned with how quickly this came out. Yes. And we'll get into that a little more later about some of the myths. But it's not as quick as you think. There's been 30 years worth of research, which is what Keith's talking about here, building up to this point. Yeah, before uh, Moderna even knew about this new COVID-19 vaccine, they were already creating vaccines mRNA vaccines for corona-type viruses. Okay. And they were actually about to make a news release when when this uh, Bansel guy, when he first heard, or Bansel guy, yeah, Bansel guy, when he first heard about um, this COVID-19, he was about to make a news release just a few days from then about how they were going to crack down in 2020 and find and figure this whole thing out. All right. And I like it. Then he went to... Um, the World Economic Forum at the Du Bois Ski Resort. And when he went there, everybody was talking about this. And so he kind of knew there was something to it. He was like, man, this seems a little different. Now, at this time, we got to put ourselves back in that time, John. Dubois. In January. Dubois. Yeah, in January 2020, I mean, what were me and you thinking about this virus? We didn't even really know about it in January 2020. Yeah, you're just starting to hear the rumbling. You're hearing yeah. stuff's going on in China, and it's Some a little weird, but it's China. like way over there across the sea kind and, of thing. And China's saying that it's not going to be any worse than SARS at this point. You know, they're putting right. out media saying, oh, this this is nothing, you know? Right, exactly. But what this what Bansel was hearing in this, uh, the, this conference he was in, it kind of rocked him to the core. He thought, this is worse than what we're thinking. We, we okay. need to get prepared. He went back to his hotel room, and he... Um, Googled flights out of um, Wuhan. Wuhan, and he noticed that the ne- very next day there was flights going all over the world from Wuhan, and he Uh-oh. thought, he thought, oh no, you know, we got to do something. So instead, this is going somewhere. So it ain't about to be just in Wuhan. Now let me preface this with with something else, John, that I kind of missed. There was this guy named Graham Barney Graham. He's the deputy director of the Vaccine Research Center and the National Institutes of Health. Okay. He had contacted, just right before he went to this conference, he had contacted um, one of Moderna's researchers and said, hey, would you like to use, her name was Hamilton uh, Benet. He said, would you like to use the uh, mapping of this, the genome of this virus once China, the Chinese scientists come out with it to for experiments for y'all's vaccines that y'all are working on? And she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Heck, yeah. So when he found this, though, when he found out about these flights and he got scared and all that, he called that uh, guy who invested in their company, the venture capitalist, and he said, we need to work on the virus for real, not experiments. We need, I mean, not the virus, the vaccine vaccine. for real, not experiments. We need to start making it for real. And the guy's like, okay, you know, and he was at like his daughter's birthday party. Right, he's like, what? man, if this guy's calling, he usually texts me. If he's calling, it must be important. Right. The next day they had this boardroom meeting to decide whether or not they were going to create this thing for real. Think about the implication of this, John, how much money they would spend developing this vaccine. And we're in January of 2020. 
Right. This now, guy's visionary because this could be just a big flop, a big bust. If it's just yes. like a new kind of cold or a new kind of flu, I, look, I'm no not big gonna, deal. I'm not going to lie to you, John. In March of 2020, I was probably still denying it. Right. I was sitting there saying, this is nothing, guys. It's, right. It's not going to be nothing, you know? Right. I, I know a lot of people were. A lot of people were. You know, I mean, and I think it was kind of hopeful denying. You know, I was like, hopefully concerned, yeah. I think. I think, yeah, it, it was being... Uh, Optimistic, you know, you right. like you didn't want it to be nothing. So you're like, oh, oh absolutely, come on, this guy, this is gonna blow over. So we were like that in March. This was January when they were deciding to go ahead and make and this dude's like, billions. no, this is serious. We yeah. got to do this. Spend billions to make this vaccine that that could just fizzle out. There's a lot of uh, big pharma companies that have been he- uh, left holding the bag on stuff like that. You know what I mean? They create this vaccine and then it ends up being nothing, kind of like SARS. You know, it just ended up not being much. Right. That's like the bird flu thing. Yeah, the so, original SARS. So there was a lot of debate in it uh, in that boardroom, but they they decided to to make the gamble, and uh, they their researcher Hamilton Bennett, she was the leader in vaccine production at Moderna, and so she was used to a speedy time frame. She had broke the record for vaccine with the Zika virus with just ten months. That's awesome because Keith, you know, traditional the live attenuated and the dead cell virus. Uh, vaccines they can take upwards of five to ten years to develop and a lot of people let's let's hit that real quick a lot of people were concerned about how quick this came out like oh my gosh how could this happen well when you look back at the history you already see moderna is already working on mrna vaccines now people had thought way back the lady you talked about earlier who had Mm -hmm. the visionary insight to think that this was possible right but now what we call those little nanoparticles, that little bit of fat, this little minute droplet of fat that this MRA is in, that that was part of the problem was how do we keep it alive? They could yes. do it, but how do we get it to not spoil? Yes. You know, how okay, here it is now, boom. Well, we know even now the the refrigeration and freezing like necessities for transmitting the vaccine is huge. Just yeah. the logistics, that gets back into some logistics. Now, are so. all the vaccines like that, John? They all have to be refrigerated? I think so at this point, you know. Yeah. Okay. But some, and this is one of those things I've read over, but I don't remember. One of them, I think it may be the uh, Pfizer one, has to be refrigerated at a much lower temperature. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like I way, way minus like this, real, that, and the yeah, other. Like freezing. So they're working on some of that. But to get this thing, the problem was... Not a, you know, it took them a while to make it, but they could make it, but getting it to remain stable in a form that could be injected into the body. Mm -hmm. So, but so people are working on this for decades. And then you've got this company that's already working on mRNA vaccines. Yeah. And then you've got the guy. So, a lot of it, from what I read, was a lot of prior research. Yeah. A lot of vision and a lot of luck. Well, a lot of of obstacles already overcame. Like the the lady we're talking about in the 90s, her name was. uh, a Catalan Curico that we mentioned earlier, you know, one of the problems she had was is that you could uh, put this uh, synthetic mRNA into the body, but then the actual the the immune system of the body would actually recognize it as a foreign body, and then it would uh, destroy it Attack before it, it could do what it was supposed to do. And so they had to swap it out and make a hybrid, and they made this like hybrid synthetic, and it would trick. It kind of right. stealthily tricked the body, and it wouldn't recognize it as a foreign body. Now, thankfully, what the mRNA vaccine does, it tricks it just long enough mm-hmm. for it to produce this little piece of this spike protein. Yes. And then, 
not too long after that, thankfully, your body does recognize that mRNA and jumps on it and kind of whips yep. it. And now, so the mRNA doesn't last very long in your body. No. Because people are concerned about that. Is it going to impact my DNA? Is it going to change something? Is well, it, it doesn't even, you know, go into the cell. It can. It doesn't go into the nucleus of the cell, which is which where, your, where DNA your DNA is. Yeah. is. So it does not impact that. And it doesn't, the MRA does not, mRNA does not last very long in your body. No. But long enough to produce that spike protein. And so now your body starts to recognize these T cells and these other cells start to recognize like, oh, okay. Yeah. We, this thing, we need to watch out for this thing. So it gets kind of on this hyper alert. Right. So by the time people get that second one, that booster, a lot yeah. of people have a tough time. Your body sometimes, some people's overreacts yeah. almost in like where you have the flu-like symptoms and stuff like that. But, but, an, but another thing you mentioned was a lot of luck. I mean, she did have a speedy time frame. It's like 120 days is what she told them. She said, That's crazy. Yeah, man. and then she ended up doing it 25 days. But they changed a lot of things around. They said, well, the virus doesn't take weekends off. The virus, right. <laughs> the virus doesn't sleep at night. You know, they don't go home at 6 p.m. So they started working in shifts so the research could be going 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so they didn't take any time off from developing this thing. I'm not saying she stayed up all, you know, all the time. Right. They, they, they created shifts so they didn't uh, take any days off. Um, they also did things a little differently. And this is something, it might be one of the things you got coming up as far as myths and concerns and stuff. But... Um, they did stages simultaneously instead of subsequently. Well, that is, instead of, that's part of it. A lot of these things went on at the same time, so ramping like, up production. Yeah. It, so like normally you might do animal tests right. and get the results before you start developing the human vaccine. Right. Well, they would do, start doing the animal tests, and before they get the results, they start developing the human vaccine. Right. And so they had already developed it by the time they got the test to see if it if it. It was a waste of time to develop it or not. Right. Now, that's a big gamble. It is a big gamble. But they were on a time crunch. They are. And from what I've heard, too, and th it does address some of the myths about the concerns that it was just uh, this emergency authorization, which is not full FDA approval. But my understanding is it still has to pass through the same stringent overview. But there's a lot of official ducks that still have to be put in a row. Yeah. Paperwork-wise, other study-wise, for it to have full approval. Right. But it doesn't. they don't cut corners on the safety tests. Yeah. Like you said, they had subsequently go in production, yes. testing, everything so happened at the like same gonna, time instead of a linear thing. They're not give it to anybody until they get the results, but yes. they started producing it before they got the results, where normally you wouldn't do that. No, normally you man. get the results in this mm -hmm. time because exactly. it's a risk of losing money. Losing lots of money. Lots of money. So that was like betting on the big one, Keith. It was. They were like, either we're hitting the lottery or, or we're busting, man. But you know, in that boardroom, though, man, people, they were saying things like, hey, we have the capabilities, therefore, we have the responsibility. And they were right. Right. That's you know? awesome. And, uh, you know, and people ask, where's God in all this, you know, in this pandemic? I mean, think about this, man. We already had the life-saving vaccine, like, really, before the virus was here. You want to ask where God is in it, you know, there you go, right? Right. What else you got, John? So we All got right, Keith. some, you want to talk about the different vaccines? and? Yeah, let's talk just a little bit. We mentioned the whole M the mRNA technology, which tells your body to produce this little spike protein mm -hmm. so that your antibodies can be built up mm -hmm. So and respond to this. So 
that's the playbook we talked about earlier. That's yeah. so awesome, man, that now this vaccine is turning that around. So your body is still producing that little bit of that virus, yeah. but not the full virus, to give your body a chance to respond with its antibodies. Yeah, it's, it's producing the proteins that is on the virus. One of the them, or a protein. little bit of them. Yeah. Because there's like 28 different proteins. So it's producing enough of some of it yeah. for your body to recognize it. You're talking about the spot proteins? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. so now there's a lot of myths going on, and this is concerned. We we geek out on this. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like neat technology type stuff. Oh, yeah. It's too bad that we have to have this kind of technology, but thank God we do. Yes, if, absolutely. When situations like this arise. What's really neat about this, Keith, is the possibilities moving forward. So people, you have like the South African variant. Yeah. So now you don't have to recreate the wheel. You don't have to get a whole new virus. You don't have to hope this is the strain of flu this year. Right. You can basically use that same genetic technology, clip out that little bit of RNA, put in another little bit of because RNA. Because they're not actually using a virus, so they don't have to have it. Right. right? They don't have to have they the virus. They didn't even have it when they created this vaccine. I mean, it was here. It was around. But the way they actually created this vaccine was the, the scientists in China mapped out the genome. They sent it to us digitally over the Internet, said, here's the genome, and then we created the vaccine. Ain't Isn't that, that crazy? Nuts? That's nuts. crazy, Keith. All right, so some myths about this situation, Keith. All right. We've already talked about um, one of them, the big one, one of the big ones. Aren't they unsafe because they were developed too fast? Well, we so already kinda, hit that. We kind of hit that. It wasn't really developed as fast as people think. Right. So the, this idea that basically corners were cut or trial results. Like I said, they were about to announce that they were ready to really ramp it up and get this thing done right, right before they heard about this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So they're still undergoing this same level of scrutiny. There's still been tens of thousands of human subjects in these things, and we haven't had... Now, there's been, like anything, there's side effects, there's concerns, but... Overall, yeah, corners are not being cut with this situation, Keith. All right, so let's go to the second one. And I'm pulling these from from a particular article and from some that we know ourselves, so not all of them here. Okay. Coronavirus vaccines alter DNA, Keith. True okay. or not true? Well, we've already discussed that. Not true. Yeah. Your DNA is contained in the cells. What the RNA, if I'm not mistaken, I'm no geneticist, but your DNA contains the information for your yeah. genetic code, yeah, and the right. RNA is able to take those instructions mm -hmm. and build the proteins that are necessary for the basic cellular functions of our life. Yeah, it teaches the cells what to do. Right. It it's builds. It actually shoots. builds. Yeah. The DNA has the instructions. Yeah. The RNA builds the proteins. Like messengers, right? Messenger. They're the builders. Messenger. There is, well, there's three acid. different. There's different kinds of RNA. Okay. Okay, so the messenger does have instructions. I don't know how the three types work all together. We I won't get too deep. So if somebody wants to geek out on that, please feel free <laughs> to do your own podcast yeah, and put it out. We will, we will listen. Place. We're your somewhat reliable, Keith. Okay. All right, so not too many questions, Keith, now. Come on now. We're somewhat <laughs> reliable. But the idea is your DNA is never being corrupted. Right. It is in the nucleus of the cell. This has nothing to do it with it. It doesn't ever go in there. Exactly. All right, Next. Coronavirus vaccines affect fertility. There's some concern about that, apparently. I yeah. wasn't aware of that concern until we started studying. I wasn't either. That we know of, there's no major concerns. You can look that up for yourself. You don't have to. And, and I encourage people, don't just take our words because we said it. Oh, I mean, and that We're is not. one of those things we probably won't know for a little while. I mean, honestly, you know, even if, if it affects it down the line, 
you know, we did only do the test like last year, but as far as we know, it does not. Well, and there's no there indication no that indication it can. that it will or can. Right. Yeah. Here's a quote from from someone. It says, "There is no biologically plausible mechanism." Yes. There you by go. By which current vaccines would cause. It's like is. It's like how would it do that? You right. Know? Exactly. How like, could it do that? Like I would want them to explain to me how it could do that. Yeah. There's you know? no way. It's just physically like a, and biologically throwing something out there. You know. Just throwing it out there. All right. Next, Keith. If you've had the vaccine, now here's a big one, Keith. Mm-hmm. People are going to come. We're not going to tell people how to think and what to do and how to live their lives. We work in the medical field, so we oftentimes in visits we do have to wear masks and gloves and goggles oh, yeah. and things like that, and we do exactly what we're asked to by the folks we work for. Right. Um, this next one is, is a little more. There are some concerns on both sides of this about people who do and don't, Keith. So if you've had the vaccine, you don't need to wear a mask. Is that, are you saying that as a fact or a myth? Well, they're saying this as a myth. Oh, it's a myth. Because, now, there are some CDC guidelines that have since come out that says for, like, you and I, if somebody sees us on our video, Keith, and like, John and Keith don't have a mask and they're three feet away. Well, John and Keith work together on a daily basis, and John and Keith both have had the vaccine, both sets of vaccines. Yeah, like and, two months ago. Yeah, and the CDC has released guidelines saying that if you are with people that have had the vaccine, that you don't have to use a mask. Right. And, they, so, they, and they've already said that if you've had both sets of vaccines and you're at least two weeks out from that, right, then you don't have to quarantine if you come in contact with somebody who has COVID-19. That doesn't make any sense to me that, that if you don't correct. have to quarantine, then why do you have to wear a mask? It means you're unable to carry that. Catch it. Catch it and carry it, right? Supposedly, maybe. Supposedly. We well, don't know. We because don't know, but of I mean, the, because of the other strains that are coming out, and there's concern about that. And there's a lot of political stuff that goes on. So with this stuff, we're going to leave that up. I when I go to Walmart, which yeah. I try not to, and I don't very often, by the way, and I'm not giving any kind of flummididdle thumbs up to Walmart today. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a big crowd, I still wear it. And see, so, yeah, and I don't. So <laughs> there you go. So I mean, make yeah, that I guess, decision. You know, yeah, you got to make that decision for yourself. So I feel like you know the vaccine that that was what the purpose of it was for us for us to get back to normal. Right. And I don't feel like you can transmit it to someone after you've had it. Um, I've seen lots of doctors say the very same thing. You know? Right. And so like I'm just going by that. You know. So here's what we want you to do. We want you mm-hmm. to see that Keith and I are able to do what we do, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So. Nobody jump on Keith for not wearing a mask out in public. That's Nobody it. jump on me for being stupid for continuing to wear a mask yeah. when I'm out in public. And I, so, yeah, and I do, smart. and I do wear it at work, you know, that's because because we're required. Yeah, we're required yeah. to, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, next, I don't need the vaccine because I've already had COVID. There are some people I think Keith feel like that they've got the antibodies. Yeah, they have a certain amount of antibodies if you have had COVID, but there's concern that maybe this only lasts up to a couple of months. Right. And that after that two-month point, you could be reinfected with COVID. Because there are people who have had COVID more than one time. More than one time. So yeah, I would say wait that three months. My opinion is wait that three months that they suggest at this juncture. That could mm-hmm. change. And then um, get the vaccine. Yeah. I think that's another one of those things that we won't know fully until we, we've got a few years of this virus under right. our belt. You know? Like, we don't really know how long the vaccine's going to last. Like, when we'll have to get it again, you know? Um, there's been research to show that, hey, 
the antibodies could last six months. And yeah, they could months, last five so months, but then that people, you could have it and then you could transmit it. And then some people get it twice, like you said. Exactly. And so then you're thinking, well, did they really have it the first time or was it a false positive? You don't know. You know what I mean? And I think right. a lot of these things, is as we have more time to There's still a lot to, to be learned. Yeah. Keith, a lot to be learned. myth, you can get COVID-19 from the vaccine. We've actually okay. already talked <laughs> yeah. a lot about that. We did, yeah. About the, I don't know, there are attenuated, I don't know, well, let me take that back. I don't know that there's going to be any attenuated virus vaccines for COVID, right. but they will, there already are some, if I'm not mistaken, being produced or worked on that will be dead virus. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's two platforms, the dead virus platform and the mRNA. I think so. I suggest you get the mRNA myself. Yeah, yeah. because you definitely can't get a virus from something that doesn't have a virus in it. Right. Well, I just, I know too, like, Previous vaccines with the old technology seem to be have a less effective percentage rate than the new one, right? Right. The flu vaccine is not anywhere close to 95% effective. Not close even, And, and the Moderna is 95% effective. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So now the AstraZeneca, I know there's been some stuff, people are concerned about it. I don't think it's available here. The Johnson & Johnson has just come out. And I did have somebody ask me this, Keith, so let's, let's hang a right here real quick. You know, there's some concern about, well, the the um, Moderna and Pfizer are both like 94.1 and 95% effective, and the Johnson & Johnson's only 78% and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever's there, if you're going to get it, just get it. And that's probably the competitors. The Johnson & Johnson their, stuff, <laughs> yeah. <their> competition. <laughs> the Johnson & Johnson one, yeah. it, whether how effective you think it is, I, I don't know, but it has been shown to definitely... Uh, keep people from getting the coronavirus and keep them from dying from the coronavirus. And right. Keith, that's the sad part of this is that we've seen a lot of people in the field we do, um, a lot of people pass away from this, mm-hmm. or a lot of people that are in nursing homes, not getting to see their family in over a year. Yes, with this, and that's really one of the heartbreaking stories of this. And the hope behind all this vaccine stuff and our encouragement to get the vaccine is to return, like he said a minute ago, to a sense of normalcy. Absolutely. Or normality or whatever, however you want to say that. Well, let's make that our word for the day. Which one? Normalcy or normality? Normality. There you go. And normalcy. <laughs> we'll just Hey, we'll hedge our bets, Keith. All right. So... Keith, you got any more uh, flummadiddle to bust about this thing? No, I ain't got any more flummadiddle to bust. You I got, got anything a, to add? I got an interesting fact. So, um, Let's have facts. The guy Langer, Robert Langer, he was the one who um, was kind of already a prolific inventor that they brought it to, you know, uh-huh. and then they started Moderna. Um, that evening after they had the meeting with him, he went home and told his wife, he said, this could be the most successful company in history. All right. So that's how much he believed in it, just with that first meeting. What about that? Yeah. Keith? Ten years later? Who knows? I mean, he's he's on the path of being right now, right? And there's some neat stuff. And it depends on your idea of success. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, obviously money is a successful thing with companies. But also, I mean, heck, if you're a company and you're doing something like saving people's lives. If you're a company and you're saving people's lives, you're minimizing side effects, Mm -hmm. maximizing the possibility of getting to the other side of something like this, Keith. We have a lot of people in the um, business that we work in that uh, over the years grew up during the Great Depression. Yeah. And I've even heard folks that grew up during that difficult time in that World War II era talk about how difficult this coronavirus time is. And you're like, 
well, surely that's nothing like growing up in the Depression or the World War II era. Yeah. And the idea was that in some sense it's not. Right. I mean, you know, obviously we could still order from Walmart or Amazon or get our food delivered or things like that uh, where people were short of food and uh, rationing and stuff yeah. then. But the part of it is they still had their families. They still had their group of people that they endured that time with as opposed to being isolated and separated yeah. from their grandkids or great-grandkids and feeling a sense of aloneness. Yeah. And, and that's, so that's the human story of this vaccine. Yeah, that's one of the most difficult things about this. Absolutely. One, you know, the sense of community and, and family connection. and connection. Absolutely. Yeah, those, those things, have, we've suffered through that. But, you know, and, and that's the hope of the vaccine is to be able to get back to those things. Well, let's just say this, Keith. I have known in the past two weeks of at least two families that for the first time in over a year have got to go back in a nursing home and kiss and hug and love on their particular elderly loved one that they had not seen other than through a window in a couple of years. So that's the kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that this vaccine, these vaccines, we're, we're not saying, by the way, we're not saying that Moderna is better or than any other vaccine or that Flumadiddle uh, has a preference. We're just saying that from our perspective, the Moderna was a neat story. It was. I mean, and so Johnson and Johnson was more like a company story. It's like, Hey, yeah. Moderna's got this and let's do it too. So we exactly. can make money too, you know? So, so we like the underdog, yeah, you know, we do. somebody taking a chance, but the end result is for people to get back together. Yeah. To be able to sit across from each other at the dinner table or go out to eat and not worry yeah. about, Oh my God, that guy just coughed. Did he just put the, as Dylan says, the coronavirus? The coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, right, and Keith, so that's you interesting know, stuff, man. So in a nutshell, capitalism saved the world. You can <laughs> you can suck at socialism. Well, <laughs> I have nothing to say other than there are plenty of critiques that one can make against capitalism, but a good sure. story, but a but a good story like this helps us to see that when you have uh, the possibility of big things happening, people well, are willing to this. dream big. Let's just say there's a free world. A free world. Independence makes a yes, huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that, Brother Keith. All right. I've been John. And I've been Keith. And this remains Flumadiddle. Flumadiddle. Reach out to us, do you flumadiddle at gmail.com. And consider uh, going to um, Patreon slash Flumadiddle yes. and just supporting us if you enjoyed this because um, we do this for you. We don't do it for advertisers, and so we don't take advertisements. So. We do need some financial support if you would consider doing that. We'd greatly appreciate it. And Keith, what's the new site that you started uh, doing that has all of our sites kind of linked to it, our YouTube Link stuff? Linktree. Linktree. Yeah, it's www.linktree.com slash flumadiddle. And that is a little bit different. It's like tr.ee. Yeah, link.tree. tr.ee. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, well, look us up, Linktree Flumadiddle. If you Google Linktree, though, you'll find it. All right, sounds good. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace out.